0: Welcome to the Screen the Screener College Basketball Podcast with your hosts, Mike Randall and Gus Kearns. Good evening, good morning, good afternoon, Screen the Screener listeners out there. Thank you so much for tuning in. Welcome, listeners, to the Screen the Screener College Basketball Podcast. Always talking everything college hoops and other basketball, too. As Mike likes to say, we are basketball agnostics. Thanks for tuning in, carving out some time. You could have been anywhere else on the dial, but you're here with us, Mike and Gus. We appreciate that. Let's get rolling with this mid-major rundown. Gus gonna go solo here with you. We're gonna give you a little rundown on what happened in the mid-major landscape past week, catch you guys up on some fantastic performances from some folks, and we're gonna move forward with a couple of, uh, I don't know, topics that seem to be hot button topics in the college basketball world. Off the court, unfortunately. So here we go, folks. Let's roll with this mid-major rundown. I'm going to start in the A-10, if that's all right with everybody. I'm going to give a little shout out to my man, AJ, my man, Hank, my guy, Scout. I know that they had their eyes on this game when the Davidson went to Dayton. They came in with a 5-1 and record and came out with a loss, 80, uh, 64 65, Davidson loses to Dayton at home. Dayton is playing unbelievably well at home. One of the reasons they're playing unbelievably well at home is freshman point guard Jalen Crutcher. He nailed the late three here to fend off Davidson late because Davidson did make a couple threes to make this interesting uh, in the final seconds here. And they would have been, Davidson would have been, only one game back of URI with one loss Uh, URI absolutely waxed Fordham uh, earlier this week, uh, 78-58. And now URI sits atop the A-10, 16-3, 8-0. But the Davidson-Dayton game was really hotly contested. If you got your eyes on this game, you you were not disappointed because both teams played really well. Surprised that they didn't score more points here due to Davidson's penchant for being really efficient on the offensive end. But it seems like Dayton's going to be a pain in the neck at home all year. And I'm happy that Anthony Grant has this thing running up in the right direction for all Flyer fans out there. Got to head to the summit next. We had the showdown of the two top teams in the summit. South Dakota State versus South Dakota. uh, Interstate Rivals showdown. uh, Both teams atop the league. South Dakota absolutely stomps on South Dakota State. 87 68 and they are now South Dakota is now the Coyotes are now 18 and 5, 6 and 1 in the conference, and that leaves this loss leaves South Dakota State at 17 and 6 and 5 and 1 in the conference. So both teams with one loss, South Dakota really needed to lock up this win at home to make them viable for the league championship during the regular season. Mike Dom did his usual thing, got a double-double with 18 and 14, but that sure wasn't enough. You know what? When you're on the road, whatever conference, mid-major, high-major, high school, if you're on the road and you're trying to win a really tough game on the road, of course you want your stud to be a stud and go off for his, right? Mike Dom kind of does that with 14, uh, 18 and 14. But you know what you need? You need backup. When you're on the road, you need somebody else to step up. And guess what? That's exactly the formula that South Dakota followed. They had Matt Mooney, their guy, go off for 36 and 4. Unbelievable game from Mooney. And then they got backup from sophomore guard Tristan Simpson. He had a season high 20 points. And you go ahead and look at the final score. That's the difference, folks. Simpson goes off for the game of his life and his college career. And that's the difference in this score. So sometimes in these inter rival games, where you know there's a ton on the line, and especially with these two teams, uh, you know both coming combined coming in with one loss in the conference on the season, you need somebody to step up that you don't really expect to have that career game, to have that uh, game of the year. And and kudos to Tristan, Tristan Simpson on. South Dakota that's exactly what he did at home so South Dakota takes care of things at home and now the summit race is going to be is going to be interesting the rest of the year Uh, every game now has an added value to it because both of those teams have one loss now we're going to head to the big sky yet we haven't talked about this team on the mid-major podcast yet but it's time to give Montana Grizz a little love right Montana earlier this week just absolutely like demolishes southern Utah 71-47. That leaves Montana at 15 and 8 and 8 and 0 in conference. Let so that sink in. 8 0 in conference. The Grizz has players. They got ballers. They have guys that are different makers and are impactful. The Grizz has uh, an Oregon transfer, 6-1. Mod Rory, he's averaging uh, over 18 points a game, three plus rebounds, three plus assists. He's like one of those guys that just gets buckets. Rory's really, really fun to watch. Um, you got Michael six 6'2 junior. He's averaging uh, almost 16 points a game in five boards. And then you got the CSF transfer, Jameer Akot, who's doing some good work down low, 6'8. Uh, forward is averaging uh, over 13 points a game and about seven boards, so they got players all over the court. This Montana team, I think, falls into that you don't want to see them as the 13 seed in the other side of your bracket type situation. I mean, Montana's always been live and, uh, and been one of the better teams in the big sky uh, over the past 10 years, but I think this team might be a little special because of the transfer talent that they have on this particular roster. I mean, we mentioned uh, uh, Rory and co, uh, of course. So Montana takes control of the Big Sky, 8-0 in conference. Man, the Grizz, they're just rolling. How about we head to the Mid-American next? Very similar profile here. We had not talked about this team on the Mid-Major podcast, and it's about to give this team a little dap as well. Buffalo... Absolutely destroys Eastern Michigan. Buffalo moves to fifteen and five overall and seven and zero in conference. And they are currently riding an eight-game winning streak. That eight-game winning streak is led by six-three junior guard C.J. Massenburg. Massenburg's averaging a tidy half points a game, eight boards, two plus assists. You got six-eight junior forward Nick Perkins. Uh, Nick Perkins, he's averaging sixteen and six. But the thing to pay attention to here for this Buffalo team is they had a second-semester eligible player, Wes Clark, transfer from Missouri, who has been massively impactful for Buffalo since he became eligible about 10 games ago. Wes Clark is running the point for this team now. He's averaging about 15 points a game, about three boards, over six assists. If you're going to get a guy like that, that's like a that's like a trade deadline get, right? If you're like a NBA team or a Major League Baseball team, where if you get can get that guy and infuse him into your lineup and then go on an eight-game winning streak, oh boy. And then you know what? Hey, let's not forget about, let's throw in 6'7", Jeremy Harris. He's averaging almost 20 points a game over his last four games. Watch out. This Buffalo team can score it. Now, let's see how they roll through today uh, with uh, Ohio. I mean, that's going to be a big test for them moving forward. So you don't want to just totally like, hey, this Buffalo team's got this thing wrapped up. They do have a tough road game. So, But Buffalo, thus far, unbelievably impressive. And they fall into the exact same category that the Montana Grizz falls in. You do not want to see this team on the other side as a 12 or 13 seat. Buffalo, really impressive. And then... Let's head back to the Sun Belt. We talked the Sun Belt a bunch with you know UT Arlington. We felt like they would be one of the favorites in this conference all, the whole entire year, and they've definitely stumbled when they got to in conference play after a couple of impressive non conference wins. <clears throat> but you know who else is really rolling here? Louisiana. Louisiana is eighteen and three, eight and zero overall in conference, and they just beat up South Alabama. 76-57 earlier this week. And man, do they have players. You got senior 6-3 guard Frank Bartley the 4th. He's averaging about 16 points a game. You got 6-8 Jakeenan, Grant, about 15 points a game, about 6 point, uh 6 rebounds a game. He's another Mizzou transfer at Louisiana. So Mizzou had a mass exodus and all those high major players are going to these Uh, low major schools and having a gigantic impact add grant to that list of gigantic transfer impacts and then you got bryce washington who is one of my favorite players uh, in the mid-major he's very jamario jones of new mexico state six six averages a double double 10 points 11 boards the senior is absolutely selfless he averaged many more points last season and has sacrificed his offensive output for the betterment of the team and the team's total success. You love when you have a senior like Washington that is going to do that and set the example for the rest of the incoming freshmen or incoming transfers. And then let's not forget, they got a South Carolina transfer who's running the point, Marcus Stroman. He's only averaging seven points in eight assists a game. But I'll tell you what, That guy is tidy with the ball. He's going to take care of it. He knows to get it to his guys, Bartley, Grant, and Washington in scoring positions. This Louisiana team, look out in the Sun Belt, hashtag fun belt. This Louisiana team could be an issue and fall into the exact same category, the exact same lineage as Buffalo and Montana, where you might not want to see them on the other side of your bracket in March. So there's your rundown. We went a little a 10 Shout out to A.J., Hank, and Scout uh, for the Davidson uh, Dayton matchup. Dayton coming out on top at home. Hit you up with a little Summit activity. Summit, big game. They had the two top teams in the conference. Interstate rivalry. Man, South Dakota really put a thumping on South Dakota State. Go Coyotes. Then we went a little Big Sky. Shout out to Montana and the Grizz doing their thing. couple of transfers and talented players. Good roster there in Montana. Then uh, Mid-American, of course. Got to talk a little Buffalo. Buffalo has some players and Wes Clark now eligible really changes the dynamic of that roster in that game. And even the dynamic of that whole entire conference, got everybody reaching towards Buffalo. And then, you know, we went a little Sunbelt and talked to, Hey, you know, we talked UT Arlington early, but Hey, Louisiana, I'll tell you what, those raging Cajuns, they got some players and absolutely love Washington selfless senior, just doing his thing and being a quote unquote max value player. Uh, it's just about time to talk about who I got next with. You know what I'm saying? Gus got next. You know, we, we, we up next on, on, on the blacktop, and I got my squad. I got four guys that are going to run with me. And guess what? We're not getting off. We're not getting off for a while. We're winning that game at 21. Check out my squad, folks. I got Thomas Wilder, Western Michigan, who we call for player of the year in the conference. He went off for 40, even though it was a loss to Toledo. When you put up 40 in 40 minutes, really impressive. So I got Thomas Wilder getting buckets for me on the wing. Yeah, that's right. If we're talking 40-40 club, how about we talk Chris Clemens of Campbell uh, Campbell Camels. 42 and a win over Liberty. Man, that guy can shoot it. He can shoot it from deep. Dang, that guy is so talented. He is very, very underrated. Love Chris Clemens. He just might be player of the year in that conference. Uh, over Xavier Cooks of Winthrop. So I got Wilder and Clemens going for 40 out on the wing. And then, just in case, we're going to kick it to Jordan Howard. Central Arkansas Bears. He went for 43 in a win over the powerhouse in that conference, the traditional powerhouse of Stephen F. Austin. They, uh, The Central Arkansas Bears win 192. He's averaging 25 points a game. Jordan Howard, shout out. Love that 5'11 guard. Goes for 43. Yeah, then we got Zane Martin from Towson. That's right, a little C.A. Love. He went for thirty-five and a win over William and Mary, ninety-six to eighty-two. So six-four guard absolutely does his thing and has the game of the year thus far on his resume. So that's right. I got next. I got next with Thomas Wilder, Western Michigan. I got next. Yeah, we're gonna kick it to Chris Clemens. He's gonna nail it from deep from Campbell, and then just in case. You know, we need somebody to handle the ball and get some buckets. We're going to give it to Jordan Howard from Central Arkansas. And then, just in case, you know, we need an isolation play. We're going to run an isolation play out on the wing for Zane Martin Towson. Guess what? We're not getting off all week, folks. We'll catch you next week, and we'll see who Gus got next. Next week. Hey, congratulations. time for some Dr. Tony trivia for everybody. We're uh, throwing out a couple trivia questions to everybody uh, each week on the Mid-Major Podcast. They may have to do with mid-majors. They may have to do with uh, high majors. Uh, we started out with some Big East trivia questions. Uh, and we just wanted to give a shout-out. We wanted to give a shout-out to Derek from the Plains. Derek from the Plains emailed the show at SDS Podcast. If you'd like to get in touch with the show, uh, please hit us up at that email address, SDS at gmail.com. Uh, If you're liking what you're listening to, hit us up on Twitter. We're at SES Podcast on Twitter. Efficiency of keystrokes, of course. Hey, you really like the screen-to-screener stuff. You want to get a little bit more, go find it on print. You know where you're going to find it on print? On the web, you're going to go to RandallRant.com. Mike has an unbelievable site set up for screen-to-screener stuff. He has a couple fantasy football items up there for you to consume. But you want to get into Mike Randall's head, And see what he's thinking about in the college basketball vagabond mind that he has. Hit up his short corner. He does an unbelievable job with that. And then, hey, for real listeners, thank you, thank you, thank you. Mike and I are so humbled by the new listeners that are tuning in. Ahoy out there, all you new listeners. So thankful that you're enjoying the Screen the Screener College Basketball podcast. If you like what you're listening to, take a couple seconds. Please, go to iTunes. Give us a cool review on there. You type up a review with some kind comments. We're going to give you a hoy and a shout-out, just like we're giving Derek from the Plains a little shout-out on this trivia question on the podcast. So thank you, Derek from the Plains. The question last week was, name the two next members of the Big East after the original Big East was formed in 1979. We had Providence, St. John's, Georgetown, Syracuse, Seton Hall, UConn, and Boston College, which was the tricky one. Uh, and then name the two members that came after Derek from the Plains correctly identified Villanova and Pittsburgh and then he even took the bonus question to the next level. He named the two schools that actually turned down the initial invite in 1979. Those two schools, Rutgers, now in the Big Ten of course, and Holy Cross. Interesting, right? Imagine the dynamic that would have changed if Holy Cross was included in that original Big East format and where they might be as a program now. Interesting, right? Now, here's the last Big East bonus question. Trivia question is, who applied for inclusion in 1982 but was rejected for the Big East? So, the question is for this week. You can send it in email at Uh, SES podcast I'm sorry SES podcast at gmail.com get us up on twitter with the answer to the trivia question if you'd like as well at SES podcast on twitter the question is who applied for inclusion in the big east in 1982 but was rejected by the conference so who walked away with you know their head in their hands a little disappointed you name that school we'll give you a shout out on the next mid-major podcast thanks everybody uh, thank you to Dr. Tony for the trivia question. Of course, we've got a bunch more coming your way this season, so uh, please continue to listen in. Uh, thanks, listeners out there. Uh, and then I think we have to hit on a couple of things, right? I feel like we have to hit on uh, this UConn thing. I feel like we got to hit on this Michigan State thing. Now, Mike and I will dig deeper into this uh, when we talk to you guys early next week on our uh combined podcast and, and both of us have our minds on this and you know we we trade ideas on it but here's my two cents on it first thing i think Yukon sent michigan state a thank you note right they're saying oh my goodness thank you for thank you for doing something so awful that we're not the major story now thank you michigan state spartans and then oh boy yikes so Didn't you know there'd be more to follow from this FBI investigation and and you knew there'd be another big name like UConn, but this Michigan, just to talk about Michigan State for two seconds, actually probably two minutes, so hang on, people. Dang. Just when you thought that they got everything rolled up and everything was taken care of and and you knew that the teams that were going to be in trouble that were the shady teams, a team that has a pristine formerly pristine, reputation is now really sullied. They're going to have to change the name of the Champions Classic or just not let Michigan State compete in it beginning of the season. That was the thing that Mike and I did not talk about on the podcast is the rearrangement of the start of the college basketball season and how the Champions Classic was going to be the, the, the framed center point of our uh, of our sport to, and the kickoff. And Michigan State is always usually part of that. I don't think they can now. Also, this also ties into another piece of news that Mike and I did not go really deep on, but the impending transfer rule. This opportunity right here, the mess that's at Michigan State, almost ties perfectly into this transfer rule. I think now, I think currently, I think you have to allow every student athlete at Michigan State to transfer with no infractions, no waiting out a year, no sitting out the year and then playing a year later. Everybody that is a student athlete at Michigan State currently should be allowed to transfer wherever they want with zero restrictions from any coach or any conference. And then they should be awarded that scholarship by Michigan State at their new school. And then that could be the impetus to change the transfer rule and allow everybody to go anywhere whenever they want. The impact and the reputation that student athletes will now have with Michigan State reading as the headline on their diploma is something that people may not want, because that will impact them in their future trying to be a real adult down the line being a productive citizen in the United States or anywhere else they decide to live their lives. Michigan State now has that unfortunately dirty reputation, the dirtiest of dirty reputations. It seemed like the administration fumbled it every single way that they could have. It seems like the leaders that we trust and talked about on this podcast over and over again as being great men and great coaches and great leaders, fumbled, mishandled, turned a blind eye, whatever term you want to put with it. And because of that, every single student athlete or student at Michigan State should be able to transfer and then carry on their scholarship that was awarded for Michigan State at their new institution. That's my two cents on that. Man, that's a mess. Man, that stinks that this is going to follow our sport the rest of the season. And personally, man, it stinks because Michigan State's pretty good this year. It's been fun to watch them. Now every time you're going to tune into them, you've got to deal with Tom Izzo dancing around questions about the most important thing that could be asked of him all season. I'm just going to talk about the game. No thanks, Coach. No thanks. And the A.D., quote, I'm not running from anything, unquote. Yeah, you are. You're running from the big mess that you threw a big rug over and you thought you could sweep under. As a former Division I scholarship student athlete, this disappoints me greatly. Makes me feel sad for the current student athletes at Michigan State. Makes me feel sad for any student at michigan state that feels like they were wronged like i came here to get a certain education and i really respect the name that was going to be on the diploma and now they no longer have that opinion man so that's what we'll wrap that up with mike and i'll get more into it later but geez uconn sending a thank you note to michigan state what a mess all right listeners Mike and I will hit you up again early next week. We're looking forward to catching up with you guys. Uh, thank you so much. We're, we're, we hope that we help with some weekend errands, a, a commute here or there. Uh, we hope that we catch you up on uh, the college basketball games that you might have missed and, and maybe bring your attention to a couple of things that you need to pay attention to. Um, if you're looking for a preview of the weekend games, just go one podcast back. Uh, I did a nice preview, or I don't know, you can decide if it's nice or not. Um, I try to do a a quick preview of uh, uh, the Big 12 and the SEC matchup that's coming up this weekend. So just hit one podcast back and go to the tail end of that podcast for some weekend uh, previews. And uh, listeners, again, thank you so much. We're so appreciative. We're appreciative of the new listeners that are tuning in. Thank you so much for being part of the Screen the Screener family, and it is a family here. Um, we like to treat everybody as uh, you know an old friend or maybe a new friend that's going to become an old friend we just haven't met yet. So, um, looking forward to interacting with you guys on whatever medium you see fit. Uh, and uh, again, thank you, thank you, thank you, uh, Salancho, Grazie, Grazie,